Welcome, everybody. Today we're celebrating the completion of the one-year precepts program at Appamata and these good disciples of Buddha who will receive the precepts today. Nelda Adamson, Bridget Beinecke, Mino Gyunta, Nicole Marais, John Miller, and Matt Vest. We come together to witness and celebrate these disciples who have completed a one-year program of study of the precepts. Each month, we've come together to deeply explore our ethical path and its profound effects in our lives. Each month, we would share our struggles and confusion and illuminate some of the hindrances we encounter in living aligned with our aspirations. <clears throat> Joel Barna assisted in teaching and over the course of the year, participants each kept a learning record of their experience. Additionally, we encountered major teachings through the massive influence of climate change, a global pandemic, political corruption, and protests against racial injustice, as well as the brutal repression against peaceful protesters. We have had innumerable public examples of the consequences of the abuse of ethical principles they are shared by all of the world's major religious traditions. There are no secrets to living successfully and in harmony with each other and our world, despite what we have witnessed in the violent and willful violation of the well-known principles of harmony, fairness, kindness, and ethical conduct in the service of harmonious relating. We come together to remind ourselves that it is possible to live in accord with life and with each other. It is now apparent that this is not just a good idea. It will be absolutely vital for the survival of our species. This must be our vow if we are to have a viable future. It is possible and we are quite capable of living fully and ethically with wisdom and compassion together with all life on this planet. Now in this ceremony, Participants receive the great treasure of the precepts. Why do we say they receive the precepts instead of taking the precepts? The Buddha taught that the precepts are gifts, pristine, of long standing, traditional, ancient, and unadulterated. Why are they gifts? He says, here monks, a noble disciple gives up the destruction of life and abstains from it. By abstaining from the destruction of life, the noble disciple gives to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. By giving to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and repression, he himself will enjoy immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. This precept is the first of those great gifts. So he repeats this teaching for each of the precepts. The moral strand of the Prajnaparamita Sutra, of which the Heart Sutra is one part, is very emphatic. It is firmly based upon a single radical principle. As Lex Hickson writes, the authentic practitioners of Mahayana never abandon living beings by crossing over entirely into the expanse of the absolute, by rejecting or negating relativity. 
These bodhisattvas do not become liberated from life, nor do they pursue any form of separate self-realization. They direct an ecstatic flood of love and friendliness toward all, connecting their mind streams as intimately with all beings as with their most cherished family members and beloved friends. This astonishing spiritual feat frees the bodhisattvas from every impure intention of harming, denigrating, abandoning, or even merely ignoring others. This attitude of constant concern and responsiveness, much more rigorous than any specific set of moral codes, the sutra calls the true life of responsibility. It can be lived with equal intensity and effectiveness by monks and nuns, by married or single lay practitioners, by heads of state, or by the most humble working persons. The bodhisattva ideal is democratic. It demands only a way of life and a form of livelihood or service that elevates beings rather than deceiving or oppressing them. It is an active compassion, an intensely practical ideal, a practice. Bodhisattvas illuminate for living beings whatever righteous, dignified, excellent, and wholesome ways of life that can be envisioned and practically manifested in the world. The awakened ones always joyously teach and indicate with every word and wordless gesture the absolute inexhaustibility of pure presence. Shohaka Okamura writes in Living by Vow, all Mahayana practice is based on the Bodhisattva vow. The vow has two aspects, becoming a Buddha and helping all beings become Buddha. These two cannot be separated. We vow to become Buddhas together with all beings. The Bodhisattva vow is an essential point in Mahayana teachings and practice. And later he says, vow is essential for all Bodhisattvas. In fact, part of the definition of a Bodhisattva is a person who lives by vow instead of by karma. Karma means habit, preferences, or a ready-made system of values. As we grow up, we learn a system of values from the culture around us, which we use to evaluate the world and choose actions. This is karma and living by karma. In contrast, a bodhisattva lives by vow. Vow is like a magnet or compass that shows us the direction toward Buddha. So about this ceremony, Westerners, it seems, have a real antipathy to ceremonies and particularly to religious ceremonies. However, ceremonies have a complex, profound, and mysterious dimensions and serve many purposes, both in the lives of individuals and the life of our community. Without them, the immense transformational moments of our lives go unrecognized, uncelebrated, unwitnessed, and unappreciated. And a spiritual community can become just a club of interested individuals. There's no medium for the expression of vow and the witnessing of this transformation in the life of an individual and the community. Now we are offering this ceremony online, a departure from the traditional way, but one that allows us to include sincere participants from anywhere in the world. In fact, today we have Nicole from London. 
The, the, the limitation that prevents us from coming together, paradoxically, brings us closest to those who live far away. We sometimes think of ceremony as having these three facets, the facets of the triple treasure. Buddha, the ceremony as an expression of Buddha nature, the transformation that more deeply connects and commits us personally and intimately to the Bodhisattva vow and to waking up to the Buddha that we are, that all beings are. It is the aspect of deep personal transformation. Dharma, the teachings conveyed in the ceremony the teachings of the precepts and the bodhisattva vow, and the connection through the teachings to our Zen ancestors are profound. Over the course of our study of the precepts, for example, we immerse ourselves deeply in the meanings of the precepts in our own everyday lives. These teachings are also offered through the ceremony to all those who witness it, instructing and reminding us of their compassion, clarity, and wisdom. This is the way to live a life in harmony with all beings. Sangha. Ceremonies are very important in the life of the community. They bring us together and celebrate the transformations, not only of the celebrant, but of our community of practice. We come to know our community as warmly connected, not only to each other, but to the deep spiritual nourishment offered by the Dharma. They remind us who we are together and the path that we share supporting and encouraging and celebrating each other. Just as there is a deepening of our personal realization, the Sangha too deepens its collective realization, its place in the world, and its collective aspiration. We need to open our minds and hearts for this purpose. Paul Hawken writes, this was in the, da in the Daily Good this morning, what I see everywhere in the world are ordinary people willing to confront despair, power, and incalculable odds in order to restore some semblance of grace, justice, and beauty to this world. Invoking the presence and compassion of our ancestors, in faith that we are Buddha, we enter Buddha's way. Homage to all Buddhas in 10 directions. Homage to the complete Dharma in 10 directions. Homage to the endless Sangha in 10 directions. Homage to our first teacher, Shakyamuni Buddha. Homage to the single being succession of Buddhas and ancestors. Homage to Ehe Dogen Zenji. Homage to Shogaku Shunryu. Homage to Charlotte Joko Beck. May their presence and compassion sustain us now. Walking the path of the Bodhisattva is accomplished through the spirit and activity of renunciation. All the Buddha ancestors of the Bodhisattva precept lineage have practiced and are still practicing renunciation of all attachments. Renunciation is an unsurpassable way of harmonizing body and mind with the Buddha way. If we give up attachments, we are free. We are a Buddha. To sustain and confirm the practice of the Bodhisattva precepts for their meaning is in living them, 
we will now offer you the precepts. In order to be fully awakened in the practice of the Buddha's precepts, we start with the pure practice of confession. And any of those of you who are at home can also join in on this. You will be quite familiar with it. All my ancient twisted the body, speech, and mind are now fully about karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, we now fully allow. All of the ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, all beings now fully available. We've gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. Oh, good disciple, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. We've gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O good disciple of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, yes I, I will. will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind. You have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O good disciple of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, Will you continue this truthful practice? Yes. Yes, I will. I will. We have purified our mind and body. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, yes I, will. I will. You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes. Yes, I will. I will. I will. You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, yes I, will. I will. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge, refuge in Buddha. Buddha. Refuge in Buddha. Refuge in Dharma. I take, I take refuge, refuge in, in Dharma. Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. I take, I take refuge in Sangha. in Sangha. We take refuge in Buddha before all being, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take, we refuge, take refuge in Buddha, Buddha immersing body, body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take refuge in Dharma before all being entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. 
we take refuge in God. For all beings entering deeply into the merciful ocean of Buddha way. We take refuge in Sangha before all being, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. We take refuge in Sangha before all being, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Buddha. Now all beings completely taken refuge in Buddha. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Dharma. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Sangha. Now all beings have completely taken refuge in Sangha. You have returned to your original nature, free from attachments and limited ways. From now, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by other ways. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, I yes, will. Yes, I will. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow the compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, yes I, will. I will. This is the path of mercy for all existence. Do you agree to follow the compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, yes I, will. I will. How will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, yes, yes. I will. I will. Now will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes. Yes, yes I, I will. will. Now will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, yes, yes I will. I will. I vow to refrain from all harming. I vow to refrain from all harming. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to live and be lived for the benefit of all beings. I vow to live and be lived. For the benefit of all beings. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes. Yes, yes I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes. Yes, I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes. Yes, I will. Now will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes. Yes, I will. Now will you receive the ten grave precepts? 
Yes. Yes, I will. Now we receive the ten brave precepts. Yes. Yes, I will. I will. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will, or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will, or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, yes I, I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, Will you continuously observe them? Yes, yes I, will. I will. You have received Buddha's precepts and are a child of Buddha. Now you can really work for all beings and realize Buddha nature as yourself. You yourself and all beings are the Tathagata. Now by these acts of invocation, renunciation, confession, purification, taking refuge and receiving the precepts, we become the working basis of the Buddha way. We have become by these actions, the ground for the arising of the mind of awakening. Today, we remember that we are never separated from Buddha and we receive this practice path of the precepts as an ongoing reminder and commitment 
we share this aspiration as a community of practice. So I, I'd like to invite each of you to share just a little bit about what this experience has been like for you so other folks in the Sangha can hear a little bit about that. And I think the best, easiest way to do that is probably to go um, in alphabetical order by first name. So that would be you leading off, Bridget. Thank you. Well, I'm very, very happy to be making and receiving this gift of the three treasures today. I took my precepts in 2016, but due to circumstances, I had to miss two. And so I completed those two the following year in 2017. And in this last period of months um, in isolation with COVID-19 and maintaining distances, I've realized that the support of our Sangha, the teachings of the Dharma, and the recognition of my Buddha nature and the Buddha nature of those with whom I share this practice is really sustaining me. And that's why I wanted to make my vow at this time. So that's a wonderful reminder that anyone who has been in the precepts program but was not able for whatever reason to do the precepts ceremony but now wants to, um, there's always that opportunity. You're always welcome to um, join the ceremony if you've not had an opportunity to do that before. And also, um, when the precepts program continues, which we anticipate will happen in January, people have an opportunity to um, uh, attend any classes that they might have missed at no additional charge. So, okay. So my experience was uh, positive, challenging, um, rewarding, and I think, most of all, um, at some point, so as not to fall into despair, many, many years ago, I had to find um, an imaginative capacity, but sometimes it would come, um, it didn't, I didn't understand it deeply. I didn't feel it. I didn't know how to embody that kind of, how to imagine a beautiful and almost utopia-like future that I could work toward and put my energy toward. And through this practice, I've come to understand far more deeply how um, these vows, how these precepts enable me to show up in a way that I am, it doesn't feel like lip service. I feel like I'm really showing up for my own imaginative capacity to build a future I believe in. And what a wonderful way to express it too, as that imaginative capacity. Yeah. It's, uh... Uh, as we read in The World Could Be Otherwise, right, by Norman Fisher. That a role of imagination in spiritual practice is huge. Yeah. Thank you, Peg, and participants, and everyone here today. Um, it seems like such a long time ago when we began this precepts class. Um, I used to live a lot closer to Appamata and I remember actually physically walking out of Appamata's building <laughs> and putting my shoes on and taking a walk back home um, after a couple hours with Peg or Joel and, and the other participants. And um, it feels like so much has happened since that time of um, phys physically being surrounded. Um, and um, 
and as John said and Bridget, it feels like this practice has, has nourished me and, and allowed me to show up in, in so many ways. And, and it's um, a constant reminder to do, as Flint says, the kind of the U-turn and, and see how, how I can better show up in the world. So, so thank you. I think I'm next. Is that correct, Kate? Correct. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's Mino is next, and then you. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm continually amazed by the uh, by how all-encompassing these precepts are and un unfolding them, and uh, I think that working with other people and all you all over the past year has been really um, helpful to to continue working with them and to be really um, diligent in practicing them uh, and to sum this all up by having this ceremony with the Sangha even though we have to do it digitally I'm so grateful to be able to receive these in front of you all so that we can all work on these precepts together they're so so special. Thank you all. My turn. Yes. No. Okay. No, no, no. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. First, I want to thank everyone from the Sangha and the visitors, and especially Peg um, for teaching this year. I um, came to this practice a little over two years ago through the grace of one of the members of the, of the Sangha, but I really feel like I've been in search of this spiritual path all my life. And so I feel like all my entire life has contributed to this point, to this turning point in my life. And I, I guess, no, I don't guess, I know. My willingness to take the precepts um, has much to do with the openness and the compassion and the truth of life as it is and the inquiry um, that I found in each of you and in the precepts and in the triple treasure. And so it opened my eyes just, it was epiphanal um, over time. Um, but open my eyes to a world that in my egoic self and in my busyness and in my clamoring, um, I didn't often see. And to the connectivity that I always felt with all living creatures, but really didn't know how to hold or articulate. Um, so thank you. It's you, Nicole. Oh, hello. <laughs> right, hello, everybody. I can't. I'm. I'm. I couldn't quite see myself, so I'm still looking at other people. Um, <laughs> well, I've had a sitting practice for over thirty-five years now, and my heart was longing for something, 
and um, somebody mentioned precepts to me and I hadn't heard of the word. And then I did so much research and you've been here all along. <laughs> and as I've been on this journey and it has been a roller coaster this year, I've had to just keep coming inside and coming inside and coming inside and really breathe the precepts. I started off, as you know, Peg, sewing the rope. Then my right hand got broken, so I couldn't sew. Then the day I had the cast off, the next day I got COVID. So my world has become smaller and smaller and smaller and fitted in even more and more, focusing on the precepts. And through the journey, I've been able to give back to those around me in a, in a more conscious way. And... The, the precepts and the Sangha and yourself, Peg, have helped me maintain equanimity. So I, I've, I've found true equanimity through this journey through which I am so grateful. Thank you. And I'm especially grateful to each one of you because this is the um, joy for me is, uh, in my role is to be able to connect with you and to be able to share with you the things that I think are really meaningful and really transform our lives. And so I get so excited because I know it's going to make a difference as you begin to absorb these teachings. It's going to make such a difference in your lives and the lives of the people around you. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a privilege to be able to facilitate this learning. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it teaching exactly, but more serving as a bridge maybe to some of these wisdom teachings that might be not quite so obvious to people, even people who've been practicing for a long time, like I had been practicing for many, many years and knew nothing about the precepts. And uh, when I encountered them, I was sort of mystified. What is this? Um, so I'm delighted to be able to share them with folks and to provide enough time in a one-year program to really explore them in depth. I didn't want to rush through them. I didn't want it to be a short class. I really wanted us to think about how does this show up in my life? How does this really actually work? Um, and so I'm immensely grateful when wholehearted students like yourselves show up and immediately begin to take these teachings to heart and to practice with them and to explore them and to have the difficulties you have with them and then um, to work through them together. You know, I think this is how we can really help each other as a Sangha. So now you've formally taken these precepts and you can't unknow them and you can't untake them. They've taken you really, is what's happened. Um, so I, I feel that way about our vows, takes us, and we, um, and we then are sort of writing it the rest of our lives, right? Writing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I wish this uh, great happiness for you in this journey of exploration, which continues, and the precepts continue, we continue to find our edges that were our practice edges around it. So please do enjoy this journey, and I hope we get to spend more time together. It's been a pleasure all year to meet with you once a month and in this uh, in this path. So we'll we'll close and um, in closing we have a short verse that we do and I will say it once and then um, you will have immediately memorized it and then you can say it and then you can say it uh, the second time and the third time with me and whatever you remember of it. We offer this ceremony for the enlightenment of all beings. Like a cloud in an endless sky, 
like a lotus in muddy water. We live in the pure mind of Buddha, like a cloud in an endless sky. Like a lotus. Like a lotus, like a lotus, lotus in muddy water. We live we in the pure mind of Buddha, like a cloud in an endless sky. Like a lotus in muddy water. Live we live in pure mind of Buddha. So I'm going to go to the bowing mat and do three bows. Ordinarily, you guys would be bowing with me because that would be our final exit bows. Um, so feel free to bow at home if you want to. And anybody who is at home is welcome to bow also. And thank you so much for joining us for this ceremony. Wonderful day, everyone. Thank you for joining us.